Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
all you so-called black men because that tends to be the um, thing with a lot of you so-called black men. A lot of y'all love to embrace this me against the law and being outlaws and, you know, after police and all this other business. Y'all love to embrace that. You love to embrace that kind of behavior. And the beast loves when you embrace that kind of behavior. I haven't done a definitive on this. I touched on this lightly, but I wanted to do a definitive because I felt as though I needed to, you know, I um, feel I needed to do that. I needed to do a definitive on this. All future um, listeners who might be thinking about getting into some kind of criminal activity, whether it's selling drugs, robbing, stealing, credit card fraud, whatever you Negroes is into now, where you're trying to be outlaws and criminals and gangsters because you think that's cool. You think that is cool. You think it's cool to be a thug, gangbanger, murderer, drug dealer, you know, credit card fraud, whatever you hustle you got trying to rob and stealing, right? There's only one way that's going to go. Before I start, can everybody hear me? Am I coming in clear? Before I go. There's only one way that that's going to um, turn out. You're either going to get killed or you're going to go to jail. That's all. End of the story. You're either going to get killed or you're going to jail. You're not going to have any, um, you know, uh, get away free cards. Right? You're not going to have any, uh, um, you're not going to be the smartest criminal that escaped the same thing that thousands and thousands of other so-called criminals thought they could escape, which is death or prison. Death or prison. The beast would rather put you in jail. He'd rather put you in jail. Just like he always rather you be the criminal, he wants you to be the criminal. You know, and in, in the police, um, in the police precincts around the country, they pretty much have a standing, um, a standing uh, order to see all so-called black men as perpetrators, as the perpetrator of a crime. Now, that's funny coming from a true criminal themselves, the so-called white man, but he is taught, you know, his police forces and the world to see you so-called black men as criminals, as thieves, right? As drug dealers, as thugs, you know? Another way of calling you niggas. But they try to promote you as a bunch of felonious monks, a bunch of felonious monkeys committing felony acts. You see, this is what they want to portray you as. Why? Because the beast knows that he will eventually use his... Uh, penile system, his law enforcement system, to herd you up, grab you up, snatch you up, chase you like children. You know, they like to treat you like children. This is why they like for you to commit crimes. They act as adults. The law enforcement act as adults, and they see all criminals as children, a bunch of mischievous children. That's how they see you, especially you so-called black men. They love for you to commit crime. They hate when y'all become police officers. They hate that because, see, that represents a form of authority. A, a true, the true um, or the real image that y'all supposed to have, the real role that y'all came here to play, law enforcement, keeping the law, keeping the order, keeping the peace. That's what you came here for. You didn't come here to commit crime. You didn't come here to sell drugs. You didn't come here to rob and steal and gangbang and kill your own people and do all kind of madness that y'all participate in. 
They're always talking about all these murders that take place in New York, Chicago, and Atlanta, and the hoods of these places, the Fifth Ward and damn New Orleans. Why? Because you so-called black men want to embrace criminal behavior. And your excuse is, well, we ain't got no money, so we got to commit crimes. Or, well, we ain't got no money, so we got to commit crimes. Oh, well, we ain't got no money. We starving. We got to commit crimes. That's a load of BS. That's a load of BS. You run to the street because it seems like it's easy and it's the most accessible thing to do. But you're too stupid to see, too simple-minded to see that the, the, the so-called white man, he makes crime accessible for you. He makes crime accessible for you. That's why you can get your hands on drugs because he know y'all going to take the drugs and sell the drugs and you know, and next thing you know, y'all going to start balling, making a little bit of money. And you already know how it's going to go. You already know. He knows how it's going to go. He'll put drugs in your neighborhood, right? And next thing you know, everybody's getting smoked out on crack or a shot up on heroin or whatever the hell y'all selling, right? And next thing you know, y'all making all this money, y'all flashing and flossing and whatnot. Next thing you know, somebody's going to tell. There's a snitch always around. Keep this in mind. There's always a snitch around, somebody who's going to tell on you, somebody who don't like the fact that you're making money, somebody who was planted there as a police informant in the first place, that drug dealer who never seems to go to jail. He always stabs He's usually the guy that's telling on everybody. That's why they let him stay out of jail and wreak havoc on the neighborhood. But the so-called white men, they love for you to commit crimes because they then have the right and the permission to treat you like children grab you, make you lay on the ground, physically physically uh, manhandle you, assault you at times, threaten you with their guns, make you lay on the ground, face down, embarrass you, right? Kick you in your ass a few times, then put you in a cage where they're going to tell you you have to live by their rules, you have to be, you have to, um, be up at a certain time, you have to get your food at a certain time, you have to be in your cell at a certain time. That sounds like parents talking to a child about the rules in their house, and that's what it's meant to be. That's why they call these people correction officers, because they see themselves as parents over a bunch of children, a bunch of unruly children, and that's how they treat you, and that's how you have been behaving. There is no honor in committing crime. I told you that story one time where I told you I used to look up to all these guys who were hustling and selling drugs and whatnot, doing all this stuff. It's back in the 80s. Then that whole, that, a lot of that changed in my mind when I seen, you know, because these guys end up getting caught up by the police. And then next thing you know, I come out, building, I see these guys laying on the floor all with their nice clothes on, their nice jeans, expensive jeans, jewelry. These niggas laying on the ground. The police, the Caucasian beasts, they had these niggas laying on the ground face down, clothes all dirty and everything. I'll never forget that talking to them any kind of way, disrespecting them. They lost big points in my eyes. I was like, nah. You know, it didn't stop me from getting involved in criminal activity, but I tried to be more cautious. And then, like I said, I never wanted to be treated like that, even though I ended up being treated somewhat like that when I got into my problems. But the whole thing is to turn you into a bunch of children because what did the white man do when he was in slavery? He was always calling you boy or you so-called black men boys, 
and called you a black woman girl, never called you a man, never referred to you as a man, didn't look at you as a man. Reason being they didn't look at you as a man is because of the, because of the fact that you put up with the stuff that they, they gave you. You put, you put up with their shit. That's why they didn't see you as no man. The black man is not seen as a man because of the shit he took from the white man in slavery. That's why you're not seen as a man around the world. The shit you took, the fact that y'all didn't rise up and kill them, the fact that you let them get comfortable, the fact that you let them set up a system of, of oppression over you and you didn't rise up and kill these people like they would have did you, that relegated you to boys and girls. The fact that y'all still can't get it together and work together and whatnot to fight off this oppression that's taking place even now in this day and time in your neighborhoods, they see you as a bunch of children, a bunch of overgrown children who cannot cooperate with one another, who cannot get their shit together. That's how they see you in the society. That's how everyone sees you. They see you as a bunch of overgrown children with no discipline, no control, no self-control. Like I said, the minute you start feeling as though you need money, you're too stupid to think of ways to make money other than to commit crimes or to scam somebody or hustle somebody or steal from somebody. Again, that puts you on the police radar. Next thing you know, they treat you like a criminal. They're treating you like a child because criminal is synonymous with child. That's how they see it. That criminal is synonymous with child because what do children do? Children are unruly at times until you have to punish them. Children are unruly at times. You have to spank them sometimes. You have to put them in the corner for time out. Sometimes you might have to, like I said, you might have to take it a little bit further with the spanking to get them in line. That's the same way the penal and the correction system do you so-called black men. They got you walking around, like I said, like a bunch of overgrown boys. And you got these Caucasian and some, you know, you get some black, you know, some so-called black men in there that's correction officers. Well, they talking to you and, and they talking to you like children. They ordering you around like children. And they'll do that to you for the next 20 years, 10 years, or however long you're there. Hell, especially if you're there for life, you got to be treated like a child. Is that worth money? Is that worth all all the so-called money that you thought you was going to get? Is that worth the money? Is it really worth the money? Is it worth the money to be degraded every day of your life? And you got to be in closed quarters with other so-called black men and other races of men, too, because this is even beyond race. This is beyond race. You want to be in closed quarters for the rest of your life with a bunch of people who are going to be locked in with you for the rest of their life. Y'all all locked up together for the rest of y'all lives. This is your new family. This is the new kindergarten for for adult grown-up males. They got you locked up in jail, and they telling you what to do. They telling you when you can leave. You know, you got people ju- judging and deciding over you and whatnot, where you could go, when you could stay. They could take your freedom away. You don't have to see, You can't see your family no more. Is it worth the money? Well, I told you when Tariq Nasheed, when you said that thing, Tariq Nasheed, I got to speak out about that again. When you said that thing about, you know, um, people trapping and selling drugs, this trapping thing, it's trapping, you use this word trapping and hustling, talking about, yeah, you know, you got to move smart and you got to have an exit plan, you know. There's no such thing as a smart drug dealer. No such thing. No such thing as a drug dealer who escapes that judgment, that sentencing. Because if you see a lot of these guys, they get out of it, they either cooperated or they're working with the police, they're going to tell. <coughs> they're going to tell. 
they're going to give up whoever they got to give up to stay out of that overgrown kindergarten that they call a penitentiary. Because that's all it is, an overgrown um, kindergarten. Penitentiary is an overgrown kindergarten. That's all the correction. It's an overgrown, it's an overgrown um, kindergarten for wayward children, overgrown wayward children who just don't know how to act, don't know how to conduct themselves as men. So they are not disciplined enough to think about ways to make money to take care of themselves. So they go out in the world and they rob, steal, commit crimes, things like that as an excuse to take from others. That's what children do. That's what wayward children do. Wayward children, if you watch them, they start off early committing crimes. They start stealing other children's lunch box, um, lunch money, all kind of taking their food, stuff like that. So that's something that you pass down with a lot of these children because there's no discipline in the house. And a lot of times, you know, you go through life taking things, selling drugs, committing crimes, and you figure that becomes your way of life. But is that really a way of life? Is that really a way of life? I even hear these mafia guys, they call um, criminal activity the life. They call it the life. And that's what you give up, your life. Whether it's to death from these people. Because I was like, damn. You know, I kind of used to look up to them guys, to the mob dudes. And when I used to watch all that stuff, and I was like, damn. Y'all ain't that much better off than niggas. These guineas, these guineas ain't that much better off than niggas. You know? Y'all sitting up, y'all, y'all got y'all be, you know, y'all white, and y'all sitting up here doing life in jail, you know, and it don't matter how good you live in jail, you still in jail. Come on, yeah, you live good in jail, you know, you, they got money and they got the, the, you know, they live like this, man, you still in jail. Somebody's still telling you what to do. You can't leave whenever you want to. That you can, can you wrap your head around that? Is that really worth money? Is that worth any kind of money that you can make? And I already know you so-called black man, you ain't gonna make nowhere near the money, nowhere near the money, because like I said, it's no, it's no number that you can give me. I don't care if it's a billion dollars to trade in my freedom, man. No, no, you risking it. But like I said, it's a risk, and it's, the odds are always in the favor of the so-called white man. The law and the one who has to um, controls the law enforcement agency is always in his hands. You see, I don't care how you think. Oh, I'll, I'll get over. I can do this. If I do this, if I do that, I'm gonna get. Nah, man. You got these guys dying in jail, man. They triple life, uh, quadruple life, and to a lot of people who have no real life. Oh, that's you know, I'm just living in another place, and you know what I'm saying, and you know that's nothing, and I'm I'm still living, I'm still breathing, I'm just living in another place, you know it's no big deal, you know I'm still getting three hots in the cot and whatnot, but you're being degraded every day, you're being treated like a child every day. You got people ordering you around, threatening you, not to mention the other overgrown children who even act even more like children. They get in there, these guys are running around, wanting. Uh, 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 be fighting and you know getting in problems with people and starting fights with people like children. You know, then you got your homosexual, big overgrown homosexual children in there that want to rape somebody. You know, it's a bunch of childish madness. Is that really worth money? I really hope that these people, when this um, goes up, because I want this definitely on YouTube. 
I really hope y'all, you know, this changes somebody's life. You, know, you young guys who want to be gangbangers, thugs, and all this other stuff. See, the people that tell you this stuff, the people that tell you that, you know, there's an exit strategy, that there's an exit plan. Like I said, these are people who ain't did it. They telling you stuff, and they ain't doing that. They ain't selling drugs. They ain't out here gangbanging, but they telling you, well, if you go and do it, you need to have an exit plan. There's no exit plan. The only exit plan is to um, to the cemetery or to a jail cell for the rest of your life, and they're trying to keep you for the rest of your life. And even if you do somehow get out after five, ten years and whatnot, your record is destroyed, man. You got a mark on you, you see. You got a mark on you in society, you see. They already got a mark on you as so-called black men. You already got that mark on you. So now you got a double mark on you. Now you're walking around like a goddamn felon, a criminal. And you think there's some glory in that? You glorifying that? That's some form of glorification. All the pain that you put your family through, all of the pain that you put your uh, uh, you put yourself through. I've I seen guys, like I said, like these guys were doing... Guy, one guy was going. You talking about he came home from doing thirty-two years. They get numbers like that: thirty-two years, forty years. Guys coming home after doing forty years in jail. I can't even think that high. Or guys who ain't never coming home. That you virtually might well tell that person they ain't never coming home. That's more humane to tell them they can't come home ever again than to tell them they got thirty years. That's pretty much a lifetime. Now, how much of your life is wasted? How much of your life is wasted? 30 years, 40 years, how much of your life is wasted? All the things you could have been doing out in the world, you see, a family, children, being, being, a, being a pillar of your community, being, you know, being there for your family, and you, like I said, you can't be there. The worst thing to have to deal with is to have children and go in there in jail when, you are, when, you are, when your children are young and then you know they come and you, you got to they got to come and visit you, they father behind bars behind behind a damn uh, 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 partition. They got to be searching your children, searching your woman. That's the hell you put them through. That's the hell that you put them through. You're not going to jail for nothing righteous like teaching the truth or nothing like that, or you know standing up and protecting your family. You guys are going to jail for selling drugs and gangbanging, dumb shit. That's what you're going to jail for. Dumb shit. And who suffers? You suffer. Your family suffers. You can't be out there to protect your family because a man has to be in the world to protect his family. He has to be there to guide his family. What happens when you go? That's another reason why the beast love for you so-called black men to be in jail because he knows you're not going to be around to take care of your families. So now he has access to your families. You see? He has access to your families. The niggas in the hood, the slimy, greasy niggas in the hood who always stayed, who kept themselves at bay because they seen you around, now see your woman and your child. Now they're looking at your woman and child. They're saying little things. They're trying to get up in your space. This is what this is what goes on around and whatnot. Who, they trying to expose your daughter or your son to things because the father, your father, their father's not around. You don't know what they're getting involved in, what they're getting influenced by. And you can't do nothing because you're sitting in jail for 20 years, 30 years. Your life is gone. So now not only is your life destroyed, their lives are destroyed as well. Was it worth it? Was the money worth it? 
There's no money in the world that's worth it, but they dangle that in front of your face and make you think it is. What kind of life is that? What kind of life is that? You'll spend that money. You'll run through all that money, right? And then when the beast catch you, all that money that you made come in crime, you're going to have to give it all back, right? You got to give it all back. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna take them nice cars you got, whatever houses you got, all that money. They're going to take it away from you. You think you're going to get to keep that because you're going to jail? Oh, I should be able to keep that because I'm going. They, you ain't keeping none of that. They're going to take all that back. Forfeiture. And it's going to go to the hands of the police. They're going to get your new cars. They're going to get your property for next to nothing. Right? So they're going to make the money off of your stupidity and your foolishness, your childish behavior. They end up treating you like, you know what they, like how you guys walked around and was shaking people down and bullying people and putting guns in their face. Now the white man turns around and do the same thing to you. He's going to shake you down for your property or whatever drugs you sold, whatever money you made from selling drugs or committing crime. He's going to shake you down for that, shake down your family, right? Take all your stuff from you, throw your ass in a little box, in a little cage where you sitting up there, where you sharing a cell with another guy. Hopefully, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to be sharing a cell with somebody else, right? And you got to live like an animal in a cage. Another a grown man somewhere, and he, you, you sharing a small cell with another grown-ass man. That's degrading. They got two grown-ass men in a small cell, farting all over each other and whatnot, farting and gassing all over each other, bumping into each other, pit, you got to watch him pissing and shitting um, right in the cell next to you. This is this is the life y'all sign up for, right? Because, you know, there's always an escape route. I don't know why you told, you said that to Rick Nasheed. I don't know why I like your content, man, but I don't know why you told it. It's always a better way. It's always a better way. I don't care if I'm starving. I'll figure something out. I'm not committing no crimes. So you could tell young people stupid stuff like that because they don't see no tomorrow. They don't see it tomorrow. They think about today. They don't see no tomorrow. And I don't know, you know, I was just, I was just, you know, you know, I was just, um, you know, just struck to do this, man. You know, obviously it was meant to have, you know, for me to do a defensive broadcast like this so that I can maybe save some young brothers' lives. Some young brothers' lives who, you know, want to go in the streets and hustle, want to gangbang, which I don't even understand what the gangbanging thing is. Y'all niggas, I don't, I don't know, killing each other. You see, you kill a nigga, next thing you know, you going to jail for killing him, and he dead in the ground, so his family suffers, and your family now got to suffer. For what? For what? For nothing. Because you have the mentality of overgrown children. You see, you have the mentality of overgrown children. No real, no real, um, no real leader or someone who truly cares about, you know, who truly cares about um, the welfare and the livelihood of your people. If you truly care about your people, you're supposed to be telling your people, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I understand, like I said, Tariq Nasheed, Somebody said Tariq Nasheed is an agent. That's why he said he probably is. Or, like I said, a lot of you guys still glorify that life. You still glorify that life, uh, selling drugs, hustling, and all that other nonsense. 
a dead end. It's a dead end. It's a trap. They put the drugs in your neighborhood, like I said. They know you're going to buy the drugs and sell them. They know you're going to do that. They make drugs accessible for you. They want you to sell drugs. They make it affordable for you. They make it affordable for you to sell it. They make it. They make it. They put. They put it at your fingertips so you can get your hands on it. And they, they know they're gonna bust you. They know you're going to jail, all that. And your life is wasted. Your life is wasted. You see. Your life is wasted. You see. Your life is thrown away. All the things you could have did in the world. Not many men sitting in jail right now who talked all that talk, who talked all that garbage, and they wish they had a second chance. They wish they had a second chance. They wish they'll sit up here and tell young people, don't come here, don't come to jail. Why did you have to go through all of that? And you and you don't seem, and, and this, and like I said, this blows my mind. You don't seem, man, these guys been seeing other guys go to jail since forever. They had family members go to jail and come home, brothers, and you know, whatever, go to jail. So if you see all these people going to jail, why would you want to commit a crime? Why would you want to commit a crime and put yourself in, 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 in the crosshairs of that? Remember they, I told you that time where they, um, they had that big meeting out there. I think it was in L.A. where they decided they were going to fund so-called white men was going to fund gangster rap, fund death row, fund uh, 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 ruthless records, right? NWA, niggas with attitudes. They were going to fund that criminal behavior, fund you so-called black men talking about killing each other, busting your guns, selling drugs, moving weight, all this other stuff, right, To as a form of entertainment, as a form of entertainment. I never liked that type of music. Never did. Never understood why people like Biggie Smalls or so the notorious B.I.G. Never understood that. Never understood why people like N.W.A. Never got that. You see. Never understood why people like to hear a bunch of felonious nonsense. But see, the beast he can put. He he takes a nice beat, right? He takes a nice beat because they put people like Biggie in them out. They used to like Puffy to basically be the Pied Piper to influence you, this generation, to be criminals. You know how many people, Biggie, and all that music influence? You see what happened to him, right? You see what happened to him? See, because when you try to carry that so-called gangster aura on you, that thug aura on you, like I said, you attract the worst of the worst. You attract, you attract the filth, the submental. You attract the worst of the worst. You pull those people in. Next thing you know, those people are around you. I know I was in that life, and I attracted some of the worst people around me, who I call my friends. You see, and like I said, I had to, you know, I was hard headed. I had to put myself in harm's way. I wanted to, you know, prove something. You know, I was smart enough to beat a system that is set up to make you that is set up for you to lose i was smart enough to beat a system that's set up for you to lose again it's like going to las vegas or atlantic city and gambling and thinking you won't break the bank or break the house and you won't walk away with a bunch of money that's not going to happen that's not going to happen you are not going to break the bank you are not going to 
take the house. You're not going to be walking around here selling drugs, got millions of dollars and whatnot. First of all, if you if you're going to get in, get into selling drugs, the the only way to even have for it to be worth it is to make millions of dollars. That's the only way to be for it to be worth it. Not for no fifty thousand dollars or hundred thousand. That's no money. That's y'all y'all throw that away. That's blown away. Let's say you make those high numbers, those high figures, 50, 60, 70, 80,000, 100,000, whatever. You're not going to see a million dollars, not today. But let's just say you make that kind of money. Right? Look at the guy. Look, Take this guy as an example. This guy, El Chapo. Take this guy as an example. This guy was a damn billionaire, drug, drug kingpin billionaire. Damn, this guy sold heroin, cocaine, everything. Weed, everything. He was damn virtual, damn narcotics drugstore. This guy, El Chapo, one of the biggest drug dealers in the damn on the damn planet. Where he at now? Where he at? Let's see. Where he at? And ain't nobody was nobody as big as him, except for the so-called white man who bring it in, of course. But nobody's big as him, because trust me, when you when you take that job and you you out here hustling that package, you're pushing that pack, trying to get that little bit of paper and whatnot. You hustling, you doing all of that. Trust me, you working for somebody. You working for somebody, whether you think you're not an, or you are, you are working for somebody. You selling the beast drugs. You selling his drugs. You selling his guns. When you're trying to sell guns to each other, you robbing and stealing for him. You work for him. Why do I say that? Because who's going to benefit when they, when they catch you? Because they're going to catch you. They're going to catch you. Who's going to benefit? He is. He's going to benefit. He's going to benefit when you get locked up in jail, when you got to go and the police put their handcuffs on you. So that's, 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 um, that's time for the police. That's hours for the police they're going to get. You know, you keep the police employed. You keep the judges employed. You keep the district attorney employed. You keep the correction officers employed. Again, all for your childish behavior. That's all prison is. Prison is nothing but a correction center, a correctional facility for overgrown children. That's how you're seen as overgrown children. You're not seen as men. They try not to see. They don't want you to. They really don't want to see you as a man in society anyway. They don't want to see you as a man in society. Like I said, notice how they tried to hide the. Uh, 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 the um, character or the, tr- the true life persona, I should say, of Bass Reeves. Now, if that's not a real man, I don't know what is. He became a law man. He walked out of slavery, beat up his slave master, and became a, went out and became a U.S. marshal. And he was respected, caught over over three thousand uh, 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 criminals by himself. They want to lie and say, "Oh, he had help." No, he didn't. But this is where the Lone Ranger comes from. They don't want to say that because, see, they don't want so-called black men to be seen as authority or law because that equals adult. See, when you stand up as an adult and pledge to keep law and order and keep the peace and be that symbol of law and order and judgment, that's a pure adult move. You see, that's a pure adult move. It is not for those who are adulterated with foolishness, you see, because all they do is give you a doctrine 
of nonsense and foolishness. Like I said, all that biggie nonsense, all that, you know, all that not hit him up, all that, all that Tupac, biggie, back and forth, criminal activity, people die. All that's, all that's nothing but an indoctrination, man. That's nothing but an indoctrination of foolishness and stupidity, childlike behavior. You see, childlike behavior. Growing up adults to act like children is a crime. For you to act like children is a crime. For you to act like a bunch of immature, overgrown children is a crime. Adults are supposed to be adults. Children are supposed to stay in their place and be children. Never should the two ever meet. A child should not be trying to be an adult too soon, and an adult should never be trying to turn the clock backwards and be a damn child. And that's what you do when you go out here in the world and you commit crimes. You're saying that, oh, I couldn't think of a better way. I'm not smart enough to think of a better way to make money. I'm not smart enough to go out here and not have to be some felonious monkey out here in the damn street that's eventually going to get handcuffs put on them, that's eventually going to get kicked in your ass, that's eventually going to be thrown in a cell, you see, and be told what to do, to be degraded, you see. I'll share a story of degradation with you. I'll share a story of degradation. When I was I was locked up in jail, you know, not prison but jail, on um, a charge, you know, some criminal nonsense, like back in the nineties. Right, this was my, you know, the first and first and last time I I went to jail, right. But um, I was selling drugs and doing all this other nonsense, all this stupidity. And I was there, I'm not going, you know, I was there on something, you know, something big, something that could have got me a lot of time. And, um, you know, I beat the case, but, um, you know, I had, Amin showed me something, right, and just being there, that was an experience in seeing things, right? On my last day, being there when I was going to court and I came home and I won my case, because all I seen, all I seen was guys was my age, guys was younger than me, guys my age coming, going to court, and these guys have come back after their trial 40 years, 40 years, come back 30 years, 25 years. These guys will be going out, yeah, I'm going to handle my case, I'm going to beat my case, I got the this, I got that, that, that. Yo, niggas come back, yo, son, I just got hit for 40 years. I kid you not. So you already know, I'm, I'm sitting up there like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying these, and I was facing time like that. You see? And I ain't going to lie, I was scared. A little bit. A little bit. I was worried. I was dying on front. I was worried. But, you know, I kind of, I just knew it was going to be some light at the end of the tunnel. I said, once I get through this, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not doing this anymore. My time is done with this. I don't want to spend another day. I spent seven months on Rikers Island. I didn't want to spend another day in jail after after I went through that. You see, after I had to go through that, I said, never again. And I got a lesson on, you know, the very last day I was there, we was going out to court. They had the, they, had, they bring the correction bus. I had my suit on, and we going out to court, right? That they pick up all the people that scheduled to go to court that day. They had the correction bus out there. And before we went and got on the bus, I never told nobody this, before we went and got on the bus, you know, they made us take down our pants, 
All of the guys were going to damn court. They made us pull our pants down and squat, right, to make sure we didn't have no weapons, parts out and everything. And guess who was sitting? Guess who was walking by, looking at our product parts and whatnot, as we were squatting and bending over and all this stuff, the dumb shit that they had us doing and making sure it was no weapon. It was some lesbian white, some white lesbian, looking all looking us up and down. Some white lesbian with a damn uh, cop uniform on. And I'm like, this is you know, she looking all up, looking us all up and down, looking all in our face. And I'm like, that's it for me. I was done. You see, some white lesbian correction officer. I guess she was a captain or something like that. And they, they call Cajun. They they looking at us like we was damn slaves on the auction block. I was like, never again, never again. And that was it for me. I was done with all kind of criminal activity after that. And it wasn't because I was scared to commit crimes or whatnot. Like I said, I wasn't about that. I was like, I'm never going to put myself in harm's way to be treated like a, like a child again. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a fucking man. I'm not nobody's child. And I, was put, I, I, I allowed myself to be put in a situation where I let a system of these goddamn crackers treat me like a boy. This shit felt like slavery. Like, literally, it felt like slavery. The only thing that was missing was the damn cotton bells. That was the only thing. We just didn't get up and go out and pick cotton. But I'm sure if they give, give, give you guys enough time down south and all these other places where they're they going to eventually have you niggas working, because they already got a lot of you guys working already. You ain't just hanging around in the prison. They're going to eventually get you work ready. They're going to eventually put you back in slavery. A lot of you guys in the penal system. And I feel bad because a lot of you guys, the worst time to be in the penal system because you already know they're going to make y'all get the jab. They're going to make you niggas get the jab. You see, they're going to make y'all get the jab. That's a done deal. The beast is already mad. If he got, if he out here offering children $100 from five years old to 11, $100 to get the jab, and you ain't even got to go tell your children. In other words, you ain't got to tell your parents. You ain't got to get the consent of your parents. You go, a child could walk up to and here in New York, a child could walk up to uh, one of those uh, uh, Vax, one of those Vax vans. A child could walk up there and, 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 and say, "I'm on the hundred dollars," and they can get and give them a vaccine without the consent of their parents. That's how real this shit is, and it's the same thing. Same thing with how they could do whatever they want with you when you in there. Ain't nothing you could do about it. You see, you can talk all tough or you want to. Like a lot of you dumb niggas that was in there talking about you run the jail. Nigga, you don't run no jail. Nobody runs the jail. The, the correction officers and the warden, they run the jail. And they'll show you, whenever you start thinking you run the jail, they'll show you real quick. When that ass whooping you're going to take, when they when the turtles come in, they call these guys turtles, they got all that military shit on. For the tough guys who think they run the jail, and they badasses, they come in there and they work your ass over. You want to talk about an ass whooping. I don't see quite a few guys got their ass whooped. And I was like, oh, I don't want that. Nah, you know. So and I've seen the baddest people get broken down, beaten up. I've seen the baddest, toughest guys talk the most shit. But at the end of the day, you're still in the cage. What kind of life is that? What kind of life is that? Is the money really worth that? There's nothing worth that. But, like I said, 
you got a lot of people who are still glorifying these things. They're glorifying this nonsense, right? And like I said, these are the same people. They not in it. Sharik Nasheed, you ain't in that life. You ain't in that life, and I don't ever think I, – I, I really don't think you was ever in that life. Because if you was really in that life, you'd be talking like I, I'm talking. You'd be telling people, no, don't do that. Find something else. I don't care what it is. Go back to school. Whatever it is, don't break the law because it's always going to work against you. Why is that? Because the Amun, going back to the Most High, to the Amun, they don't want our people committing crime. The Amun don't want our people committing crime. That's against the natural order of who we are. We're supposed to be the law keepers, the law givers, the law enforcers. These humans are the real criminals. They're the ones that's the animals. They're the ones that belong in cages. Animals belong in cages. Aren't the humans animals? The humans are a race of animals. So who really belongs in the cage? If not them. We don't belong in no cage. We the ones supposed to be putting their asses in cages. But you got it backwards. You niggas letting them put you in cages. You the ones out here being a bunch of felonious monkeys out here selling drugs to buy some sneakers, to buy some jewelry, to buy some food for you. Man, listen. Nobody was going to want to hear that. All that money you making and you think you're making and all that you hitting people off and you getting this money and you doing that, ain't nobody going to give a shit about you once you get popped, once you get locked up in jail, once you can't do for people no more. They don't give a shit about you no more. You done. Nobody cares about you anymore. They don't say that, but that's what it is. What good are you? What, what, what purpose do you serve at this point? You can't give them that money anymore. That woman that you had, that, you know, all the women that you had, you was like getting that money, drugs, whatever you was doing, that you was that nigga out there. Some other nigga going to be that nigga in bed with her. Trust me, she's going to move on. She's going to move on. And you got to deal with that. You see? Y'all trying to make the best of a foul situation. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Again, I was moved to do this broadcast because, like I said, I don't know. Maybe it's meant to save somebody. When Again, like this goes on YouTube, maybe this is meant to save somebody. And, you know, this would be the video that they flagged. I wouldn't be surprised if so-called white men, they flag this video if it, when it goes on YouTube because, you know, they don't want anybody basically telling black men not to commit crimes but to be the ones who are enforcing the law. You should be enforcing the law and not committing the crimes. Join the police departments. Join the, join the police and sheriffs and things like that. Go and be what you're meant to be, law enforcement, if you're not doing anything else. Make something of your life. Like I said, I, I think this – I really think this is meant for for a lot of people to hear to help them because I always see in my comment section on my videos that um, I change people's lives. People tell me I change their lives just listening to the broadcast and whatnot. So I'm here to change the lives of the young, the youth, the ones who really don't want to be caught up in the matrix of this foolishness because all you niggas that's talking about gangbanging and selling drugs, you niggas in the matrix, man. You in the matrix controlled by the beast. They want you to do that. They want you to do that. They sponsor this foolishness, this madness. Wholesale slaughter. We'll be right back.
people think that um, the people that are giving you these messages and telling you these things and giving you all this advice on how to be criminal, like these rappers who try to entice you into committing crimes, because I told you a lot of the criminal activity has spiked up since the advent of gangster rap. A lot of this criminal activity has spiked up. Now you got everybody and their mother wanting to be a thug and a criminal and a gangster and want to bust their gun and all this other tough nonsense they're talking. But like I said, the very people that's telling you that that's not their real life, that's not their real life. They rhyming about fantasy. They telling you things and whatnot, and they putting things in your head knowing that it's influencing you to go out here and do these things. And they can think about a thousand things to talk about, but they would rather talk about that because they're told that they have to talk about that. Their record companies tell them to talk about that. Their record companies tell them to talk about gangster talk and all this thug talk, not because they care about it making money. They don't care about the money. They care about the programming. I told you they had a meeting out there. And they said, you know, when they were coming up with the whole gangster rap thing, you know, you're powerful Caucasians. They had a huge meeting and talked about the direction in which rap music was going to go because they're the ones that decide the direction of rap, so-called rap music. They're the ones that decide the direction of that. They're the ones that's responsible for NWA's 50 Cent and, and, and Dr. Dre and all these people. That's why your Dr. Dre made fortune like he did. He made his fortune like that because he produced that gangster rap bullshit. You see, a bunch of niggas acting like a bunch of felonious monkeys. You see, but Dr. Dre, he ain't never see a day in jail, but he'll make the soundtrack for you little niggas to go to jail. He'll push the soundtrack. All these niggas will pr- produce music for you to go to jail. A big, heavy influence, a big programming tool of beast used heavily on you so-called blacks in the 90s was Biggie, NWA, and and, and 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 all them niggas that were talking that foolishness back then. That's why I said I don't look up to the rap nonsense. I don't, I don't never look to that because <laughs> I recognized it for what it was when it first came out. I was, I was like, bro, these are a bunch of niggas who just – studio gangsters and guys who are trying to act tough because I'm like, it's not synonymous. A rapper, a.k.a. a a, a rapper is like an entertainer, a singer. Why are you talking about selling drugs and pushing weight and selling it? And Jay-Z was another one. Look at Jay-Z now. Do he even look like how, do he even resemble the character that he was playing back in the 90s talking about all the weight he was pushing and and riding in the D5 and all this other shit and hustling and all this stuff. Did he even look? Did he even resemble anything that he was talking about in the nineties? You see what you're seeing right now. The nigga with the dreads, that nigga who got that he got that uh, uh, um, metrosexual dreads and and, and that uh, um, those uh, 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 those shishi fufu niggas that hang around the white man that want to be live next door to Robert De Niro and Andy and, and, and all them and them Caucasians and whatnot. That t- brag about that, that's the real Jay-Z. That's him. You see, that's the real Jay-Z. The nigga, that, the nigga that's getting y'all all trapped up in that madness, that's the real Jay-Z. You see, that's the, re- the real Snoop Dogg. Is with them people ain't never seen a day of jail in their life. You see, those are the real people, the ones who are out here doing cooking shows with Martha Stewart. That's the real niggas that, talk, that told you all that gangster shit. That y'all sit up here was listening to their records, got influenced. Next thing you know, you out here trying to be like, trying to be the character in the record. 
you trying to use that as a soundtrack to your felonious monkey lives where you want to go out here and commit crimes. You want to gangbang. You want to be a thug. You want to be a criminal. But you see just how the white man, the same way he could take hip-hop, because at one point, hip-hop, rap music, they was dropping some knowledge. Like I told you, in the 80s and the early 90s, but when the night really throughout the 80s, they was dropping a lot of knowledge. It wasn't no gangster talk. It was just dropping knowledge or, you know, just talking about how fly you was. It was innocent. Then come the 90s in, and the white man saw how popular that was. He said, this is a good programming tool to destroy Young, to destroy you so-called black men, you young black men, because they love to destroy you young. They love to destroy your lives at 15, 16, 17 years old. So they can hit you with a 20, 25-year sentence. Next thing you know, you're coming home 40 years old. You see? And don't tell me, oh, I, we, well, you know, we wasn't influenced by the music. Yes, you niggas was, because that's all you niggas listen to. Trust me, you ain't somewhere listening to some jazz, some of you, I'm going to go shoot that nigga. You ain't somewhere listening to some nice R&B, listening to a beautiful sister singing and whatnot, so I'm going to go down and kill that nigga. You ain't listening to that. You listening to shoot him up, kill him up, sell drugs to a nigga, put niggas in body bags. That's what you listening to. And then you wonder why, why I feel like this. That's why. You're being programmed. You're being programmed. You know what they call the guys in the damn uh, in, um, in the um, radio station that puts the music on? They call them program directors. They call them programming directors. They watch the ones who decide what music get played and what don't. Those are program directors. These are the same guys that say, oh, you know, if they hear some record that's dropping some knowledge and consciousness and people talking about they making sense on the record, that record ain't getting played. That record's not getting played. That record ain't getting played. You know what's going to happen to that record? They're going to be like, um, you know, you got to change it up and whatnot. Because I remember the guy, um, Rakim, from uh, Eric B. and Rakim, I remember him saying that. See, he he admitted that pretty much everything I'm saying tonight. Rakim, you know, even though you know he hung out with all them street dudes and he, you know, and he hung around that life, he never rapped about that. From Eric B and Rakim, he never rapped about that. Even though he hung around with the, you know, thug dudes and all this other stuff, he never, and he he never rapped about that. He was always talking about dropping knowledge and stuff like that. But then, when he hooked up with Dr. Dre, I never forget he said this. You know, because Dr. Dre, they, they basically used him to produce the soundtrack to that nonsense and that foolishness, that gangster rap. He wanted Rakim to do that. He wanted Rakim to do gangster rap, talking about killing niggas and shooting niggas and selling drugs. And Rakim was like, he ain't doing that. He said, nah. He's like, yo, that's what, that's the way, that's where how it's going. And when he didn't want to do that, uh, Dr. Dre didn't want to produce him. Because Dr. Dre couldn't produce him because his Caucasian boss had told him if anybody coming, if they ain't saying no criminal shit, if they ain't pro- if they ain't pushing no criminal activity or no foolishness or no nonsense that's going to program you so-called black men to go out here and commit crimes, then we don't we ain't we ain't recording them, we ain't putting no money on that, we ain't producing that because that's where the money come from from them to put that out there. So they know exactly what they're doing. So they know exactly what they're doing. You see, the program directors they are going to play that. And it just goes to show you just how quick they could turn that shit around. Here it is. Now, where there was once, you, you was listening to uh, gangster rap. You was listening to N.W.A. and all this other stuff. Now you're listening to Lil Nas X. Now you now watch. I told you, you're about to get a whole bunch of gay gangster rap. Homo thug gangster rap is coming soon. Watch. Homo thug gangster rap is coming. Mm-hmm. That's what you're about to get. Because that just goes to show you that they can 
when they produce it, they'll turn it around any way they want to. You see? You see? That's what that's what that's all doing. They can turn it to anything they want because now they want you so-called black men to be homosexuals. They want you to be homosexuals. They want you to embrace homosexuality. Thug, thug, thug. Look at the guy, young thug. Look at the guy, young thug. How you young thug and you got a dress on? That's like, isn't that that like a weird, like, combination? You wearing a dress and dressing like a woman and and, and a female. Excuse me, you dressing like a female. You dressing like a flaming, you know, you know what, queer though. And you young thug. Because what they're showing you is that's what they want the thugs to be from now on. The young thugs to be. A bunch of bend over boys. You see? A bunch of jailhouse bend over boys. So how is this young generation going to react to that message? How are they going to react to that message when they keep hearing the um, little Nas X? Notice everybody, little, young. I told you that. Little, young. How are they going to react to that when they hear that? Because that's why the names they give these people, because trust me, they give these people these names. By the names, they, the baby, by these type of names they give these people, that lets you know what they are about, who they're trying to influence. The baby, little little this, little that, young this, young that. That's it. Those names are telling you who they're trying to influence. They ain't making no music for nobody past 20 years old, past 25 years old. They ain't making no music. If you older people want to listen, so be it. But the music is really for the youth. That's for the youth because their minds are still impressionable. It's for the 14 and 15-year-olds and even younger and all the way up to the 25, 26-year-olds, 27, all up to 30. That's who it's for. Y'all got the worst kind of music. Y'all, y'all caught the worst music, you see. And you know it's bad because here it is. None of this music, none of this stuff they call in music sounds good. I don't understand. I really don't get what people are listening to, why people would play this music in their car, that they would listen to this. They're programmed. They're being programmed to play this. Uzi Vert, Young Thug, all these guys and whatnot. They're being programmed to play this. Little Nas X. Notice none, you don't hear none of the rappers. None of the rappers like you saw in the 90s. None of these guys, they can't they can't get a production deal to save their life. They try to come out and do a show and whatnot. Nas or 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 um they basically told Nas, you could take a, you could sit down somewhere. We don't need you no more, Nas. We got little Nas X. We don't need DMX. You see what they did. You see how DMX uh, uh, um, suspiciously exited this life. The suspicion around how he exited this life. You see, they gonna get rid of all of those people because they don't need them no more. Because a lot of these people are nothing but tools of the beast anyway, man. A lot of these people are your Jay Z. These people are tools of the beast, man. To push a message, man. To get y'all to follow a bunch of foolishness and stupidity, and a lot of y'all gave into that. I know it hurts y'all. Look how much y'all still idolize B. Look, this guy only made two albums. This nigga only made two albums. Look how they idolize Biggie. Why? Because that first album he made was very, very, very influential in destroying the minds of young black men. Very influential. You can listen to it today, and that, and, and it's still a, a whole lot of degeneracy over good music. A lot of degeneracy over good music. And you'll sit up here and say, I like I like Biggie. A whole lot of degeneracy, over-the-top degeneracy, produced by P. Diddy. Hmm? They were programming a generation here. 
And what happened? Now, this generation that was programmed on that music, they have children that are listening to Little Nas X, Young Thug, Uzi Burt, right? Look, young M.A., Young Ma, right? A, le- a lesbian. Notice all these people seem like they got some kind of sexual confusion going on with them. All these youngs and littles, they all got some kind of sexual confusion going on. Who's pushing that? Who's pushing that? Right? And then you had this guy, Nick Cannon, trying to rap. Speaking of Nick Cannon, um, if y'all get a chance, Nick Cannon got a show on Fox, on Fox, um, on Fox, uh, <laughs> On Fox Channel, you want to talk about buck broken for real? You go look at look at look at Nick Cannon's uh, um, look at his talk show. Look at his clothes they got him wearing. They got this nigga in a pair of high waters, high water pants. You could tell a gay man dressed him, a homosexual man dressed him, and how he's just so docile and laughing and giggling. Again, that's a form of programming and imprisonment because i said this before two of the worst things i two of the worst places i would ever want to be is one in prison and two in the place of one of these niggas who are a, a high level boule and these niggas who getting money i wouldn't trade i said this before and i said this again i wouldn't want to be locked up in jail and i wouldn't want trade i wouldn't trade places with a like a jay-z or a nick cannon for nothing all them guys that got all that money or floyd mayweather i wouldn't trade places with them for nothing in the world because you got to think about all of the stuff they got to do to get that money, the stuff they got to say. It's really synonymous with jail. See, when you get locked into those contracts with these people, you get to associate with these people. It's like you locked up in jail. Yeah, they'll give you money, and they'll let you spend, and you could give the money right back to them for a flashy shit. But like I said, your money don't really matter. Your money is just to spend on flashy shit. They just give you permission to spend your money on their stuff. Same way when you're in jail, they give you permission to spend your money, your commissary money on the shit they give you uh, that the um, people that own the prison stop giving you. Because all that, them, them candy bars or whatever the shit you go there to get them from the from the um, commissary, that's all the corporations that control that, man. So you're giving them money to, to, uh, to um, fund your prison, your prison stay. That's all you're doing. Money going right back in their pocket. Every time you're... Every time your your woman or your child has to come up there to see you, or have a transportation, they get up there. It's going to somebody. Money's being made off of your imprisonment. You see, commerce, trade, and so when I see things like this, when I, you know, when you sit back and analyze, this is nothing but an extension of the print of the other plantation system, man. The prison system is nothing but an extension for you so-called black men. The prison system is nothing but an extension of the plantation system. Because remember, like I said, when slavery was over, supposedly over, they used to, you had these Caucasian males who would go out here, and you had black people all of a sudden just walking free, black men walking free in their own country. And our country keep, by the way, and you got these group of white men walking around with guns talking about, oh, you committed a crime. You look like the person. You fit the description of somebody that committed a crime. Or you you, 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 you loitering, you know, you loitering in the street. You, you, got, you got ID. Pretty much like where's your, where's your slave papers? 
Where's your, where's your, um, no, where's your, what they call it, your freedom papers? Where's your free papers that the, um, that say that you can walk around the street? They're walking around, and if you ain't got them, just like they do today, if you ain't got your ID, you a vagrant, right? That I don't know if they still do that. You got to go to jail. They would get you young black men. They put you at gunpoint, take you to jail, and that means you going in the chain game. And they'll give you five years, ten years, or whatever the case may be, and they'll make sure that they send people around to fight with you and get you more time, stuff like that. That's how they got you back in slavery, through the prison system. And now you guys willingly give yourself over to the prison system. They don't even got to force you that deep. We'll be right back.
I really hope that the people that are listening, the youth, uh, you take heed to this. I hope your parents listen and pass this on. If you, your uncles and you got nephews and your fathers, you got sons and whatever else, you got daughters who date these so-called wannabe thugs out here who think they're about that life. Listen, ain't nobody about that life. Ain't nobody about that life. I don't know of anybody who wants to be sitting up in jail willfully, you see. But if you do the crime, you got to do the time. You got to pay. That's judgment. And it's, either, and it's messed up that the beast got to be the one to enforce it. But I'm going to just say it like this. Even if the so-called white man wasn't in charge of the damn penal system or the law enforcement, we would be in charge, and I would still be the same way on crime. I would still be hard on that because you got to stomp that out. You know, one of the things I can't stand is when people try to, like I hear with a lot of these guys who, um, and I mentioned Tariq Nasheed, and I heard other guys do this, the guy Jason Black and all these guys. Again, I listen to y'all content, and I like for the most part the things y'all say, but y'all don't sit up here. For some strange reason, it always sounds like you guys are coddling criminals, people who want to commit crimes. Let's just be for real here. A lot, a lot of y'all, y'all talk, oh, you know, uh, you know, black men, black men getting un, un, uh, unfairly uh, incarcerated for this, or unfairly incarcerated for that. Is it really the is it really the case that they not doing nothing all the time? And when you say that, oh, you know, you you justifying white supremacy? If it, no, listen, listen, you can't fill a prison up with a bunch of niggas who ain't doing shit. Okay, I'm sorry. You can't make up that much. You can't make up that much stuff on people. You know, certain people again, they got that felonious monkey mentality, which comes from a lot of this rap music, this crap music, trap music. It's funny that they call it trap music now because you are being entrapped. These people are entrapped. They're being entrapped and enticed into committing crimes through the music, through people telling you that oh, you know. If you do get caught up, you make sure you've got an exit strategy or exit plan if you are out here trapping and selling drugs. Tariq Nasheed, you need to really need to stop using that terminology of trapping because you're making drug dealing seem like it's something romantic, selling drugs, trapping. No, nigga, you're selling poison to your people, all that trapping shit. Yeah, trapping as an entrapment as in you're going to get trapped up and caught up in the beast uh, system. That's the only trap that's going to be set for you, and that's what the trap music is. It's to trap you off, mentally trap you off, get you engaged in that. Because like I said, I see a lot of you so-called black men out here. Y'all stay blasting this garbage-ass music from who, I don't know where. I don't know if it's from the South or wherever it's coming from, this monkey music. Because I don't know where these artists come from, these so-called artists. They're supposed to come from Florida, some of them, some of them from Atlanta. Again, you don't hear no New York hip-hop. And even the New York hip-hop, like I said, y'all trying to sound like that trap garbage. And it's, it's, it's nothing but a bunch of guys who are trying to push an agenda, you see, an agenda, because all you got to do is write niggas checks, and they'll promote anything. They'll promote the jab. They'll promote homosexuality. They'll promote anything. If you give a nigga a check, he'll sell anything, drugs, vaccines, whatever. Gangster rap, whatever. Niggas will sell anything because y'all got a cheap mentality. You got a $2 ass mentality. Anybody will just do anything for money. You got a real cheap, low-level mentality. You'll sell your people out. And usually, like I said, what comes around goes around. Dr. Dre, it's funny, Dr. Dre, you sold all that. You made, you helped produce, I don't know what they call it, producing. 
when you, you how, I don't know how you would produce and you take other people's music that's already out and you and you and you just I don't know you take the words off and you you do a few samples or whatever from other music and you call that producing that's not producing you stealing from other people's shit but you got enough money behind you to steal from other people's shit because as long as you're going to promote gangster rap, the Caucasian, your Caucasian boss has got enough money to cut checks and give royalties to those niggas who they ripped off for the um, music in the first place, the first niggas they ripped off. You see, as long as you're going to promote and produ- promote uh, gangster garbage, and the funny thing is you promote gangster rap and you help produce that sound, then here it is, your white wife, turns around and gangsters your black ass out of half your fortune. Ain't that funny? She's trying to gangster your black ass out of half your fortune. Your white wife. You see, who stood with you long enough to have a child, and then when she didn't want your black ass no more, she gangstered you up out of money with no gun and didn't have to produce nothing. You see, you, you help people lose their freedom. You help be the soundtrack and the destruction of a lot of people's lives. That's judgment that's going to come down on you, man. That's judgment that's going to come down on all you niggas, man, that push that garbage. Dr. Dre and all you other niggas that push that shit. Puffy. You see? Telling niggas, oh, yeah, trap or die. Uh, all you niggas that push that trap shit. You see? That's, that's poetic justice right there. The white woman going and rob you without a gun. Take half your shit. You see, but that's good. That's good. You see, because the beast always get, hits you in your pockets on the way out the door. He always destroys and breaks his tools on the way out the door. You see, that's judgment. That's judgment. And that's from above. That's not even from them. That's from above because, again, you didn't mind being a low-level, two-dimensional snake in order to get some money. Because, again, what do you niggas do with your money? You give it right back to the white man. The people, at least you would think the people who you selling poison to, meaning this so-called music that you selling poison to, you would think that you would at least try to help some people on some other, help your, help your so-called black people, the people that's buying your poison. You see, you would think that. And it shows you you so-called black people are retarded. How are you celebrating Notorious B.I.G. or Biggie? How are you celebrating? All this nigga did was talk a bunch of bullshit. All he did was talk a bunch of degenerate bullshit. He had nothing of any real value to say. And you promote this nigga. Y'all niggas still sitting around here talking about his death as if, we, as if that was a real loss. You see? <laughs> They'll say, oh, bro, how you going to say that? You know, that, that's somebody, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's father. Yeah. Did he give a fuck about the sons and fathers that he, he, that he helped destroy through that music? You so-called black men, you don't see it that way. Y'all think, oh, I'm just entertained. It's just entertainment. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's programming. You are being paid to program your people for destruction. That's what you're paid for. That's what you're paid to produce. You're not paid to produce real entertaining music. See, real entertaining music was produced by the people of the 70s who was making the music, 70s and 60s, real musicians, real musicians. And up to a point, 
you had certain rappers who had something good to say when rap music was real rap music. But as soon as the ninety 90s rolled around, that was the end of it. That was the end of days, man. That was the end of days. As soon as the nineties rolled around, and every nigga and his mama got a damn Casio keyboard and a, 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 and, a, and, a and a little a little um a little um was that the four the four the four track or whatever these niggas got, and anybody could spit a little rhyme over it. Everybody and their mother would want to be a rapper now. Everybody and their mother wanted to be a rapper. That became the that became the uh, the thing to do. And again, I already know. This is not going to be popular. This broadcast is not going to be popular. A lot of people ain't going to like it. But see, that's what brave people do. Real people do. They stand up for what's right. Real men and real women stand up for what's righteous. And they and, and it don't matter who don't like it. It don't matter whether they, they got a problem or issue with it. I don't care how much you like Biggie. I don't care how much you like Tupac. I don't care how much you like none of this nonsense. All it was done, all these people did was aid in your destruction. That's all they did to keep you as little boys and little girls. You see, the message wasn't grow up, black man, pull it, pull your damn pants up, black man, grow up and be a man. Stop selling, stop killing your brother, stop selling drugs in your neighborhood. You know, start business together, work together. Why couldn't that be a message? Stop letting other races of people come in your neighborhood and open up stores and own buildings in your neighborhood. Why wouldn't that the message? You niggas had a whole bunch of excuses to rap about a bunch of foolishness because this is what you're signed to do. This is what you signed to do. You say, oh, why everything got to be positive? Why everything got to be negative? It ain't about positive and negative. It's about what's useful, what is extensive, what will grow us mentally, what will evolve us. That's what it's about. It ain't about, oh, man, well, you just want to hear some positive. I don't want to hear none of this shit y'all talking about. And again, the beast will go out of his way. And again, he, like I said, he'll en- he'll enlist the rappers or whoever else he got to enlist. He'll go out of your he'll go out of his way to make sure that y'all start throwing rocks at the penitentiary early. That you're out here committing crimes. See, because like I said, when you out there committing crimes, robbing, stealing, selling drugs, and whatnot, the police department they get some extra funds from the government. The government allots them some funds because they tell them, oh, crime is just so terrible here. Crime is just so terrible in our cities with these niggas, you know, commit selling drugs. With these niggas, these thugs, they say thugs, but these niggas, that really thug translates into nigger. These niggas out here selling drugs, they out here endangering the lives of good white people. They don't care about y'all. They y'all out here endangering the lives of white people. You know, this could spill over into our white suburbs. So we have to keep these niggas in the hood, and we have to keep them locked up. We got to keep our foot in they, on their neck, and that's what they do. That's what they do. They work it like a system. It is a system. You see, they work it like a system. So they treat you like a, bus, a bunch of systematic Negroes. You see, that's why y'all can't think of anything above and beyond what you're doing. That's why you can't, because you're programmed to do the things you do. You don't even realize why you're gangbanging, why you want to sell drugs, why you want to stand around looking menacing at another so-called black man, why every time you turn around, you niggas want to fight with each other. You look at the, another so-called black man, look at you wrong, and y'all look at each other. It's a fight. What you looking at? That's the, that's the music, and that's that childlike mentality that y'all got in y'all. That's the childlike mentality. 
that, but you notice you don't have that mentality when it comes to the so-called white man. You don't have that mentality when it comes. You ain't got no hard stare for the white man. You ain't got no hard stare for the Arab. You ain't got no hard stare for the uh, for uh, um for the um East Indians or these other people that come in your neighborhood and take the money out of your neighborhood. You ain't got no hard stare for them. You would think you'd have a hard stare watching people take tens of thousands of dollars a week out of your goddamn neighborhood while you niggas got to stand on the corner and sell drugs. I would think you would have a hard stare and be angry about that. They in, they in, they in the corner stores uh, selling, selling, selling damn Dutch masters and whatever the hell you niggas smoke and, and, and selling damn rollies, rollies or whatever, and, and you niggas got to stand on the corner outside with crack up your ass. With crack cocaine stuffed up your ass, because now see, crack is making the they they trying to bring crack cocaine back, they trying to bring crack back, right? They are they trying to bring crack back. So you know, and, and they probably add some crystal meth to it too. How you niggas running around on crystal meth soon? You see, how you niggas bugged out of your mind? Like I said, you talk about how bad your neighborhoods is. You niggas make your neighborhoods bad. Because y'all act like children. You don't know how to cooperate. You don't know how to pull your pants up and act like grown-ass men. You niggas got mad at Bill Cosby when he told you niggas to pull your pants up and, 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 and start taking care of your children and act like men. You niggas actually got mad at that. You actually got mad at a, a man telling you to pull your pants up and act like men and, and have your children read books. He was trying to help y'all out, man. Y'all actually got mad at that. That's how sick y'all are. That's how sick you are. You'll get mad at me for saying what I'm saying about Big and all I'm doing is stating facts about him because you've got a childlike mentality. See, when you try to take children, when you try to take away the the, um, the creature comforts of children, they're going to get upset. Children are going to react. They're going to be mad. They're going to want to fight you. They're going to want to kill you. That all your reactions, everything I'm saying, if it's in a negative tone, if you, all your reactions are nothing but a childlike response to my, what I'm saying to you because I'm giving you the real. I'm telling you how shit really is. I'm telling you how it really is. And, of course, a lot of you are going to react like a bunch of childlike demons. You're going to be pissed off. How you, man, why are you talking like that, man? Why are you talking about Biggie? See, you just hating on them because they got money. Then you ain't got the money they got. I don't want their money. I don't want their money, and I mean that. I don't want, I would not trade places for them. You niggas would. You would because you low level. You see, I gave you real, real, real reality tonight. People like Tariq Nasheed going to tell you all this game. I'm going to show you how to chop up game. This ain't no goddamn game, man. I don't like people who use the word game. Life is not a game. You see, people can sit in their mansions like he do, and they can tell you about, oh, you know, you need an exit plan. <laughs> I still like your stuff, though, Tariq. I'll say that for you. I mean, whatever. Let me go ahead and read these questions before we get out of here. Why does the beast want black men to embrace criminal behavior? Because it gives him license to treat you like children. Once you start acting like uh, act like criminals, he can tr- then come in like the law enforcement and treat you like children, see, because that's how we used to do them. We used to be the law enforcement, and they used to be the ones out here committing crimes. And we used to grab them up and kick them in their ass and beat on them and whatnot, and make them stop doing what they're doing, and put them, send them back up into the cage. We basically was the law over them. Now they don't flip it around. Now they're the law over you. What does this do for the so-called criminal justice system? It adds more slaves to the roles, adds more slaves to the slave role, because that's all y'all in. Y'all in the damn plantation. The prison is the plantation, and the plantation is the prison. 
same thing. The, the, the uh, modern day police department was set up from was set up because they were trying to catch slaves running away. So they created a policing unit to catch runaway slaves, and that's how the beast started the police department. Because prior to that, they had little sheriffs, and basically they gave you guns, and you you know basically protected yourself. They didn't have no police departments. They started the little sheriff thing here and there, but they didn't, for the most part, you had to protect your own self. You had to have your pistol. You protected your own self. They set up police departments to catch runaway slaves, man. That's what they did that for. Um, why should why should black men not commit crime? Because you don't want to be treated like children. You're supposed to be treated as men, real men. But y'all want to still act like little boys and do this felonious shit. Do black men understand what's taking place? No, they don't. They, you Negroes in the matrix, man. That's why this will this will fall on deaf ears. I know for the mass majority, and that's fine. But to those who listen to Mental Act One Forty Four, pass it along. What will be the outcome of black for black men? Destruction, as it was meant to be. Prison, as it was meant to be. The plantation again, as it was meant to be. And that's it. We're going to close out in the name of Amen by the power of Amen and Amen we trust and Amen we thank and Amen we continue forward forever. I'm the intellectual Nibin Menkare. This has been Mentelect Radio. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow night for Mesoamerican Radio at 7.30 and Mentelect Radio at 10. This is Doobie Brothers, what a fool believes, for you niggas who actually believe that there's an exit plan. This is for you guys. Good night.